You know, <laughs> to say we're living in a time of unrest and time of crisis is sort of superfluous. <laughs> we are. You know, as you look around the world, you see economic chaos, you see political chaos, you see military uprisings, and things in our world right now are happening at a very rapid pace. And many people are wondering, well, what's going to happen next? There, as you listen, there are lots of voices trying to tell you what to believe and what to do. And, and actually, we're living in, in a time when there is probably more spiritual activity, both good and evil, than we've had in a while. But we as Christians that call ourselves the children of God, you know, before we take anything that anybody is saying, we need to check the source of what we're hearing. We don't need to be taken advantage of and end up believing something that's not true. I mean, all you got to do is look on social. I don't get on social media very often. I look, I look on, I just look and glance at Facebook occasionally, and that's about all I do there. But man, when you look, you see all kinds of, of, of stuff on there. And you know, and people will start reposting stuff and then come find out it's not even true. Anybody seen that on there? This is happening in the, in the spiritual world too because the enemy wants to take advantage of God's people. He wants to do what he said. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, Matthew 24, 4 says, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceive you. In the NLT, it said, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. In the, the original living Bible, Jesus told them, don't let anyone fool you. And so if I had a title, it, was, it would be, don't let anyone fool you. The enemy, the devil himself, is using people to say things that are designated to, to deceive people and get them out of the word of God and away from God. He's offering things that look good, smell good, taste good, feel good. He, he appeals to the physical senses. Now, some people are getting involved in supernatural things without finding out what the source is. They assume because it helps them that, oh, it must be all right. You know, some people and even some Christians are getting involved in things that are attached to witchcraft and they don't even realize it. Horoscopes, fortune tellings, Ouija boards, other things like that. They say, oh, it won't bother. It don't bother. This just fun. Just checking out to see, oh, what, uh, what this month is and what's uh, all of that. But let me tell you something. 
That is the devil using everything he can to lead people and deceive people and get them out of God. You know, he wraps everything up where it looks good and sounds good to deceive. You know, sometimes he takes songs and wraps the songs with words of unbelief and with a catchy tune that we catch on to and we begin to repeat. And actually, we're talking unbelief and don't realize it. Come on now. If you're going to walk in victory and not be deceived, you've got to know the truth from the Word of God. You know, the Bible tells us what's going to happen in the last days. Matthew 24, 4 through 11, we'll just start do, do here. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah. They will deceive me. Now he's talking to them, to, some, to the <clears throat> people there. But we got people come, they, coming in and claiming they're in the name of Jesus and people wanting to give you a word. I got a word from the Lord <clears throat> for you. And they'll deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first part of the birth pangs with more to come. <clears throat> then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed and hated all over the world as my followers. Many of you will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Now drop down to verse 24. And these false messiahs and, messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders, wonders so that to deceive the if possible, even God's chosen one. Now here in these scriptures, four times he said, don't be, you know, in 4, 5, 11, and 24, don't be misled, don't be fooled, don't be deceived. Notice that Jesus said things that's happening in our world today. Wars, rumors of war, famines, earthquakes. Come on. I just saw, um, come on my news feed about earthquakes. They're having over somewhere, I forgot where it was now. And then a volcanic, a volcanic eruptions, wildfires, all of this thing, pestilence or epidemics, false prophets, people claiming they got a revelation that's not in line with the word of God. It sounds good. It sounds like it's in line with the word of God, but if you analyze it, 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 it starts out good and then it tails off. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's on the airways and it's on the video. The devil is doing everything he can to deceive people, to lead them away from God. That is his main purpose is to lead people away from God. He hates anything that has to do with God. And you can see him working in the world today, trying to stamp out anything that has anything to do with God the real and real salvation. Now he don't he don't worry about the other other kinds of religions and things. He don't worry about those 
because they're not affecting his kingdom. But he said he wants to steal, kill, and destroy anything that has to do with the name of the Lord Jehovah God. Come on. You see, he tried to overthrow God and got kicked out of heaven. Now look at what the apostle Paul says in the, it happens in the last days. I'm just talking to you this morning about some real truths that we need to get a hold of and need to be aware of. Look at 1 Timothy 4.1. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Again, deception is brought up. Deception. That's something that the enemy uses. Notice also that it's the evil spirits. It says from demon himself. Well, actually the source is from the devil and all of his helpers. Now, Paul warned repeatedly in his epistles about not being deceived. Jesus talked about not being deceived. Now look at this. In Romans 16, 17, and 18. Now, in the 16th chapter of Romans, most people do not read that because it's greetings and salutations to this one, to that one, to this one, to that one. And then right in the middle of it, in 16 and 17, he says something and then goes right back in to greetings and salutations to people. But look at what it says here. And now I make one more appeal. My dear brother and sister, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's face by teaching things that to the teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. He's talking there to the people in Rome as also as well as the other Christians. And uh, you see here, he says, stay away from them. Anytime that you hear anything, I don't care who said it. People watching the TV and the YouTubes and different things like that. You hear all kinds of stuff. But now wait a minute. If it's contrary Paul says here, if it's contrary to the word that they had been taught, stay away from them. Stay away from it. He goes on in verse 18 says, such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests by smooth talk, glowing words that deceive innocent people. Now look at Ephesians 5, 7. Look at Ephesians 5, 7. Don't be fooled. This is NLT, but the King James says, deceived by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. Look at Colossians 2, 4. I'll, I'll pause just a minute because I see some of you trying to find those in the Bible as well as in on your device. Look at Colossians 2, 4. 
I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. The, King, the, the new King James says, now I say this, lest anyone should deceive you with per, per, persuasive words. Now this, you know, flip over to 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. I know this is not a shouting sermon, but I believe this is something that we all need to be aware of especially in these last days. Look at this. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Don't be fooled. Now, and you go to the King, New King James, it says, are deceived by what they say. For that day will not come until there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. Notice in all of these, Paul is writing to his followers that watch out, be careful. Don't be deceived by fancy words. Hello. The first time that a human being got deceived was in the garden of uh, God that went against God was in the garden of Eden, Eden and Eve was deceived by the words that was spoken to her. You know, the Bible indicates that deception will be a major issue in the last days. Even among Christians. Hello. We read that. Already read the scriptures on it. We're already now seeing it come to pass. There are people saying, well, it's okay. Uh, I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven whether I read my Bible or not. Well, that may be so, but they're sure going to have a struggle getting there. But other Christians, are, and, and especially since this pandemic and this Christians are believing it's okay if they don't go to church. Oh, I'll just watch on live stream. That's good. And I thank God for those that are watching because they, but that's good if you can't be there like the Bible says. Look at Hebrews 10, 25. Come on now. And the people, you people are here. I'm talking, uh, y'all are not the ones that this is talking about. But yes, I'm talking to pastors. Many pastors, many after the pandemic, many of their people have not come back to the church. They're watching the live stream. You know, live stream is is great, but it is bad in another sense. Because people say, oh, I can, do, I can go to church without going to church. Let me tell you why. You don't get involved <laughs> like you should watching it, watching it online. Hello now, don't, don't, don't look at me like that and don't get upset at me. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
Now look at an NLT says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Am I saying anything that's helping anybody? You know, it's gotten to the point that people are having church and thinking they can have church in this day and age without the power of God. They're having church. There is no altar call given. Don't look at me like that. It's the truth. There is no moving of the spirit or any kind of dick demonstration at all like they had in the book of Acts and like as you read the epistles Paul wrote. He wrote to the Corinth church, said, man, you got everything going on. Well, I mean, that's the way we would say it, but how many of you realize that's what he said there? I personally, several, a few years back, I was off. We were on vacation. And I personally went to a church. And there's a, a good feel, good message. And this was the invitation. If you think that you need to make a change in your life, the people are down front here, you can come and talk to them. That's the invitation. I give an invitation here and I call people for salvation, for rededication and infilling of the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, that's why you don't have a crowd. Well, if I got to go against what the word of God says to get a crowd, I'm going to stay with the word of God. Come on now. It's great to have somebody teach you a, a good, feel good sermon, but man, hey, there needs to be some heart change. There needs to be some life changing going on. Hello. Come on now. Christians believe in they can live any way they want to and still go to heaven. You know, man, I'm under grace. Come on. I realize this is not one of these kind of sermons that y'all gonna <laughs> gonna shout about, but I trust it's a sermon that will help you in your walk with God. In the middle of this all all of this, we have help from God during the last days. God is moving in the last days. You can see it in different places. And the Holy Spirit, power being poured out. You know, sometimes, you know, we see here in Acts 2, Peter was talking and he said, in the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all, all people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Your old men shall dream dream. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens and must signs in the earth, blood and fire and smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord arise. 
Now, he's talking about here about pouring out his spirit, and then he goes on and starts talking about the end time, just before Jesus returns. See, there's going to be a pouring of the spirit out just before Jesus returns. But it says, everyone calls on the name of the Lord, be saved. You know, it's true, true today as it was on the day of Pentecost. Nowhere in the, in the Bible does it say the outpouring of the Holy Spirit will cease in the last days. Actually, I believe that in these days to come, and I preached about it, God's greater glory, and it's been talked about by several different reputable people that in these last, right now, in the last days, there's coming a great awakening like we've never seen before, and it will encompass all of the revivals of the past, all into one great culmination, and then the end shall come. Now, I don't know when all of this is going to happen, but I know right here on this platform, and I forgot what year it was, I had the only vision I've ever had in my life, and I saw this curtain, it was a huge, and it carried, I, some of y'all were here when I told you about this. It gradually got this way until it was really thin, and I actually could see the figures of different of people through the, the curtain, and God said, this is how close we, you are to the end. Now, I don't know when that will be, but I personally believe that one of the reasons that so much deception is coming in to deceive people about the things of God, to get people out of the church, get people away from God, is because he knows his time is very, very short, and he's doing everything he can to destroy, kill anything that has to do with God. Come on now. I believe that we're going to begin to see more revelation of the Spirit. Actually, if you go out of this country into the other countries, you see more of the signs and demonstrations and miracles uh, uh, going on than you do inside of this country. Somebody said, well, why is that? Well, this is my own thinking. I don't, I, God hadn't told me this. This is my own thinking. I think it's because the, we in this country have been, have had so much religion, not true God, religion, do's, don'ts, do this, do that, don't do this. Oh, it's okay. You, the Bible says we're under grace. We can do what we want to. Once saved, always saved. I, I really think that. And over there, when you tell them what the Bible says about something, they immediately believe it and receive, and there's a demonstration of the mighty power of God. Hello. Come on now. You see... We all know Mark 16, 17, and 18. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink any, they did any poison, anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. We need to eagerly embrace the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about fanaticism. I'm talking about the true move of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm not talking about singing the song 14,000 times and then finally Brother John jumps up and shouts. <laughs> Hello. I'm talking about just spontaneously it happens. We have had that happen several times here in this church. We don't work nothing up, but we've had, and, and sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a, see, people, some people uh, to the point they want, and this is another deception. They want the Holy Spirit to move in this certain way every time, but he don't, he don't always move with a run and a shout. Now that's part of him. Okay. But that's not always there. Sometimes it can be just a quiet service. Sometimes it can be just people worshiping God. Come on. But you see, some people, if you had some shouting and dancing, they go and say, boy, we had a Holy Ghost meeting. Well, let me tell you what. I ain't seen nobody shout to hear the day and we're having a Holy Ghost meeting. We, in our own personality, our own mind, maybe I should say, we try to put a, a tag on it. That's, that's a Holy Ghost meeting. I grew up Pentecostal and used to, we had altars, and people come down to get saved, and the four people come down there for salvation. And one person would really be crying and, and have a lot of emotion. The other three didn't have a lot of emotion. And they said, well, four people come to get saved and one really got saved. Anybody know what I'm talking about besides me? How can four people get saved and one really get saved? You see... I'm saying that because, see, the enemy begins to use even some of our own services as deception. What really they're saying then is this person really repented, the other three didn't. Well, maybe they're just, some people are more emotional than other people. Hello. Some people are more reserved than other people. You know, <laughs> Sometimes in, when I'm out on, on my conferences and other, and sometimes even here in, the, here in the church, we pray for somebody and several people fall and several don't. And they say, well, man, the spirit really got them, but it didn't get the rest of them. Ain't got nothing to do with it. Hello. Some people just yield more than others. The spirit is there. I, I prayed for people and this person fell and this person didn't fall and this person fell, but they didn't get healed and this one got healed. Let's don't be deceived that this is the Holy Spirit and this is not. If you don't have a running service, it's not the Holy, it's not the Holy Spirit. Now I know I'm, I'm treading where angels fear to tread. I'm tromping around like a bull in a china closet, but, and I'm stepping on some people's sacred cows. But let me tell you something. It's time that we begin to speak the truth about the God, word of God. 
Thank God for our Holy Spirit services. Thank God for shouting and dancing. But let me tell you what, our me, our real message, our real, uh, what we should be doing, let me say it that way. We should be going out with the message of salvation and getting people born again and bringing them back into the church are going out and bringing people in so that when I can, when I or any of the ministers give the altar call, the Holy Spirit can get a hold of them, bring them down, and we find we get people saved, get people filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the church doesn't exist for us to have a hallelujah heyday. The church exists for the spreading of the gospel and the salvation of those that are not yet in the church. No, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me go on. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be overtime if I'm not careful. You see, John Ray in the layman's commentary on the Holy Spirit said this, each generation must be convinced of the reality of God that he is not dead, but living and loving. All Christians, as well as missionaries and evangelists, need, to, need spiritual equipment to do their part in proclaiming Christ to the lost and dying world. Every one of us has a part. Not just the ministers, not the missionaries, not the evangelists, the teachers, but you have a ministry. Every member of the body of Christ has a ministry. Sometimes it's, a min it's in the ministry of helps, but we have a ministry to go out and to lead people to God. That's our number one ministry. You know, I've had the privilege of being around a while. You know, there's been several revivals, the Azusa Street Revival, the Healing Revival, the Charismatic Renewal, when people get in the Holy Spirit, the Teaching Revival, teaching, bringing people importance of the Word back to the church, and the Holy Ghost and Joy Revivals, you know, that came around back in the 90s. I've had the privilege of being a part of all of these except the Azusa Street one. I've been there. I was there during the healing revivals. I traveled it with my dad. I was there in the charismatic renewal. I was actually, I actually preached in, a, in different kind of churches. I preached in some, in, in some Catholic churches. I preached out in Arizona one time in a church. It was a bunch of Catholic people that has got filled with the Holy Spirit and they had started a church and they had communion. Well, I just thought it was grape juice, but it wasn't. It was communion wine. <laughs> but hey, I preached. I preached in Johannes, South Africa. I preached in the the, the bunch of the Spirit-filled Catholics. Back, this is back in the seventies, and they, I couldn't be in the main auditorium. But the priest said, "Oh, they can be here." And we were in this old, we were in this uh, building like, like our fellowship hall, but a little bigger, but the crowd was so big. They had to, they had a table and put another table on it. And I climbed up on top of that. And I, and I, what I didn't know, all of the, all of the priests and the nuns were all behind the curtain, listening to everything I said. And they told some of the people later, he didn't say anything and we don't believe. So I don't know, but that charismatic renewal, man, I was, 
Oh yeah, I was part of the Jesus movement. I spoke, uh, uh, actually I went to one of the Jesus uh, rallies up in Pennsylvania and they had, I, wa- I, I wasn't a known speaker at that time. And I was out underneath the trees. And then my crowd got so big, they moved me to another place. And finally, on the last two days, they moved me to the main auditorium because I was having more, I was having most of the people at my, at my meetings. I've been around, I've seen this, but you, you see, I didn't go in there trying to hype them up and tell them. I just told them what about believing God. You see the teaching revival, the Holy ghost revivals. Hey, let me tell you something. Don't be alarmed and don't be fr- afraid of what's happening today. It's nothing more than what the Bible said was going to happen. But I want to encourage you to be strong and don't let somebody deceive you and begin to tell you, well, if you want to have a crowd, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. They're saying it. If you want to get the crowd, you've got to back off of your strong teaching. You want a crowd, you've got to back off telling people that, they, that there's a hell if you don't live right. Well, it's the Bible. Come on now. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but we've got to tell people where it's at. And you can't just live any way you want to. God is building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what. In the end, nothing will prevail against the church. The Bible tells us, and I got to hurry. The Bible tells us that when he returns, will he find faith? Luke 18, 8. That's a good question. He won't find faith unless we embrace the truth of God's word and preach the truth of God's word. That's what, build, that's what calls people to come to salvation. That's what builds faith in us so that we can stand against all of the wiles of the enemy. You see, let me tell you something. First John 5, 4 and 5 says, every child of God defeats the evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win the battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. Let us keep exercising our faith in the word of God. Believe what the word says. The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. And I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach what the Bible says. I am not going to back off of having moving and demonstrations of the spirit of God. Hello. Paul talks about, you know, sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, having a form of godliness, but Holy Spirit's not there. Anybody ever read that in there? Didn't that what he said? Didn't he say that? There's a lot of people sitting in the church today. They got a form of godliness, but the Holy Spirit ain't there. Whoa, y'all gotten quiet on me now, aren't you? It's time that we realize that we need the movement of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God. That's the power. 
The Holy Spirit is the power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, but we don't need a bunch of junk. And one of the reasons, and the devil has used this to deceive people, one of the reasons that people have gone off that way, no demonstration, is because they've seen so much fleshly junk. But there is a true moving of the Holy Spirit. There is a true move of God. Yeah. You know, people feel good, but at a ball game and they holler, well, if you feel good in church, it's all right to maybe show a little demonstration. I'm not against that at all. In fact, I'm for it, but I, I, I am against the fact that you have to, if you have to pump and prime and build it up, everybody, we should all come to church already primed. You know, used to, grandma didn't have a pump out there. You pump water out of the well. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have to prime the pump? Yeah. Well, you should already be primed and ready when you get to church. Anybody getting anything out of this? All I'm trying to say is, there is a lot of things going on in the church world, wherever you are, but it's the power of God. David told Goliath, he said, you come at me with javelins and spears, but I come to, act to you in the name of the Lord God, Jehovah. And this is what's going to happen to you. He told him that. Same first Samuel 17. Let me tell you something, people. It's not for us to realize that we, it's time for us to realize that we need the power of the word of God coming out of our mouth. We need the power of the word of God in demonstration in our lives because I don't want you to be fooled and I don't want to be fooled. It's time that we began to stand up against the wiles of the enemy and quote the word of God. Jesus, he stood against the temptations of the enemy by quoting the word of God. He said, man, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this is the word that proceeds from the mouth of God right here. This is what we live by. This is what we live by. This is what we're going to die by. And this is what we're going to be, be, still be living by. If, if we hadn't died and he comes back and we're still alive, we're still going to be living by the word. Everybody stand up. I think I've gone long enough. Anybody get anything out of this this morning? Anybody understand what I was trying to get across to you today? That in the world we live in, there is all kinds of situations. There's all kinds of people saying this, that, and the other. I sometimes get a little disgusted sometimes at, at Christian television because you have one person on here speaking the word and the next, next thing that comes on, they're talking about, well, I'll tell you what, if, if you, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't send in a thousand dollars right now, let me tell you what, God's going to get you. 
The reason you're having the problem is because you haven't given that $1,000. Well, wait a minute. All they're trying to do is get some money. Thank God for giving, and we believe in giving. The Bible teaches giving, but giving does not bring the power of God. Giving is an expression of thanking God for what he's done for you, and in return, he blesses you. Come on now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Deception by the enemy is rampant in the Christian world today. Just don't take it just because somebody said it. Bounce it again. Balance it with the word. Balance it with the word. You know, my dad always said, Anything anybody says, balance it with the word. If it can't be, you know, and people are, the simple gift of prophecy in the New Testament is not the same as it was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the prophecy is exhortation, edification, and comfort. If it don't go in those three categories, just put it on the shelf. You know, people come and always want to give you a word, tell you this, tell you that. I got a word the other day from somebody said, you need to do this and you need to do that. Well, the Lord didn't tell me that. Come on. Actually, if somebody says something to you, uh, that, that, that the Lord's saying this, if it doesn't witness to something that's already being, in, being witnessed in your heart, just, just put it on the shelf and let it, let it lie. I mean, back, oh, years and years ago, somebody came and said, well, so-and-so prophesied that I was going to have great music ministry. So I went and started trying to take music lessons and voice lessons and the uh, teacher said I was tone deaf. What am I going to do? Because they prophesied that. I said nothing. What I'm saying is don't be deceived by some things. Check it out. Check it out. Do y'all have something y'all want to sing? Is that why you're up here? I guess not. Okay. (laughs) Praise the Lord. How many of you are born again in this place today? Raise your hands and thank God for the word. Thank God for your protection. Thank God for all that he has done for you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bow your heads for just a minute. If you happen to be in this place and you don't know Jesus as your Savior or you know what it is to serve him, but you've sort of got, sort of got on a detour and you need to come back and rededicate your life to God, are you in this place and you know what it is to be born of the Spirit, but you've never been filled with the Spirit? According to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. Anybody on any one of those three invitations, I want to pray for you and I want to pray with you. 
but I can't do that if I don't know who you are. So I would like for you just to raise your hand wherever you're at. You need salvation, need rededication, or you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Anybody in this room, upstairs, downstairs, anywhere? Anybody, anywhere? Praise the Lord. Well, thank God. Father, I thank you today. And I see no hands, but if there happened to be one person under the sound of my voice that needs to rededicate their life or needs to ask you into their life for the first time, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would go with them until they can't do anything, until they stop and ask you into their hearts. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen and amen and amen. Well, I trust you got something out of this message today.